Good morning, universe. It is 10, what? 10.14 on the 15th of February. So we have officially moved halfway through the second month of the year. Um, and given that I recorded 30 days of January and now this is the 15th day of February, that's 45 straight days of keeping this going. With an over-under of seven episodes and less than a week, <clears throat> I'd say I'm blowing my targeted uh, critics out of the water. Those are the critics that live in my head, by the way, like those two old men in the Muppet Show. They just kind of scream at me from the balcony. And I scream back at them, go away, and they never do. But I'm sure everybody has critics in their head. It's not just me. We all constantly remind ourselves of the stuff we're doing wrong or should be doing that we're not or shouldn't be doing that we are and uh it's funny that we are our own worst enemies isn't it that really nobody in life beats us down better than we beat ourselves down in our own heads and uh i don't know why that is obviously we're trained to think in ways that are self-abusive and i'm certainly no not immune to that uh, in fact i've had four or five thoughts this morning already of woe and regret in my activities but i've also had a major connective vibe with the universe sort of forecasting into the next five episodes because i do think i have to get these all done today i'm going to talk about my heroes here in this one and uh not to blow the lead, but stand-up comics, get ready, you're about to take the stage. And yet, the next three after that, 22, 23, and 24, of see what happened was, I'm going to pick stories back in my childhood that'll help me explain what I have to deliver for my message in episode 25, which will be my episode about uh a conspiracy theory and no it's not the moon landing or 9 11. um this one literally broke me and uh i'll get into that in episode 25 and what i talk about in episode 25 and i do not mean this casually will literally put me in jeopardy as a human being and i know this but somebody's got to talk about it and um obviously i'm not suicidal i've spent all these hours explaining how i don't even have the stones to do it so <clears throat> i'm i'm putting this out there because i don't care anymore i really don't if this is the kind of thing that would snuff my life out then go for it take me down but the reality is that's not a gimmicky concern so when I get into what I'm going to talk about in episode 25, uh, just realize that I don't do it with any kind of, hmm, listen, perpetrators, I understand. I do. I forgive you, barely, but I understand because I could have been you. I get that it got out of hand. I get it. And I get that you fucked up. But come clean now. So that you can save what's left of humanity's soul. 
before it becomes a war for that very thing. And that's all I'm going to say until episode 25. <clears throat> so, to lift us out of that downer note, what is my favorite go-to joke whenever I need to tell a joke that I know might be received by a grandmother, a seven-year-old, or anybody in between? Well, it's the joke, what do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. <laughs> okay, so there's a little bit of a slant against the Latino heritage in that joke, I agree. But it's innocent enough, and nacho cheese is such an American phrase that uh, I call that my saccharine joke for all occasions. And that doesn't mean that the list of people I'm about to go through here have the same saccharine joke ready to go, because I don't know that George Carlin had a single saccharine joke in his entire fiber. But <clears throat> from the time I was a kid, I have always loved comedy. In fact, if there is a <laughs> if there is a career that I think I regret being too much of a pussy to try, it's stand-up comedy. I just I didn't have the stage presence. I was a choker and I knew that if I got in front of a mic on stage trying to tell jokes, I would blow it. And yet I don't know that because I never tried. And now that I have uh, that I'm, I've removed the well of self-loathing and, and fear of failure that used to drive my subconscious activities to a point that they ruled my life. Well, do I think I could make it as a stand-up comic? Maybe. Might I try it? Maybe. I got other things to do first, but I do love jokes. I do love fun. I do love making people laugh. I do love laughing. How could you not? If there's anything that is the best part of manifesting as a human being, it's that laughter came as part of the package. And I'd almost, I'd, I'd give up all other experiences if I could just be happy and laugh the rest of my life. But I wouldn't. Because I do believe that there is that counterpoint of you have to struggle some to experience what it is to have made it. You have to, um, you have to earn things in this universe to just be put in a box in a happy mood forever to laugh your head off for the rest of your life. Well then what have you got? You've got the experience of nonstop laughter. That variety isn't good enough. You need a little bit of stubbing your toe to enjoy how um, cathartic it is to laugh in a moment of true joy. Uh, so I, I don't mind that, that life comes with some pain. I really don't. I wish it didn't come with, uh, you know, the evil actions of, of tyranny and, and terror. And I use evil loosely there, but these, these people don't bring up any of that. And this is definitely in no particular order because when I look at the list and try to pick out who's my favorite on the list, they're all my favorite. I love them all. This is, uh, this is a list of great people. Joan Rivers, Larry David, Doug Stanhope, Robin Williams, Will Ferrell, Steve Martin, the whole crew at Monty Python, Chase Belushi Radner, Murphy, 
Chris Rock, Damon Wayans, Dave Chappelle, Barack Obama, Louis C.K., George Burns, Louis Black, Jim Carrey, Dick Gregory, Dane Cook, Dennis Miller, Mike Birbiglia, Anthony Michael Hall, Lily Tomlin, Eliza Schlesinger, who I think might be the funniest woman alive. Although, mm, yeah, Bamford definitely gives her a run for her money. And, uh, and I mean, there's, there's, there are a ton of emerging funny women, Amy Schumer, uh, Angela Johnson, and some of them known for one joke are actually way funnier than that one joke. I even love Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman is ballsy. She, she is, she's a, she's a, she's a true comedian. So are Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Madeline Kahn was one of the greats. So was Terry Garr. The whole show Soap is filled with funny people. Stephen Wright has some of the greatest jokes ever written. As does Mitch Hedberg. Two of the most original comics in my lifetime. Mike Myers, he's hilarious in both skit comedy and in straight stand-up. Rodney Dangerfield is the, f well, no, I owned Steve Martin's album. Then I bought Rodney Dangerfield's album. And then I thought, I think I bought Eddie Murphy raw. I'm not sure if those were my three stand-up comedy albums, my first three, but they were definitely three of the first. And I didn't really discover Woody Allen's stand-up till later in life, but Woody Allen's hilarious. Bernie Mac is hilarious. There's, there are very few people on this planet who are funnier than he. And Bill Hicks, Bob Newhart, hell, Jerry Seinfeld is one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time. He and Jim Gaffigan do what I think is impossible. They tell great comedy cleanly. Billy Crystal does some of that. Tim Allen doesn't, but Tim Allen pulled himself out of the morass that so many people found themselves in when he got into some easy money and found out he was funny, went to Hollywood and made himself some... I wasn't going to say the bunny, but... Shows like Cheers, MASH, hell, even Family Ties. These shows showed me how to create comic timing. Michael J. Fox was one of the funniest people on television in the 80s. And was in the perfect role. Sort of how Megan Mullally fell into the Will and Grace role. Megan Mullally is hilarious. And frankly... I, d I think in many ways um, represents what makes great comedy is knowing that you've got something of great material to work with and then running with it. Um, which, if there is a king of the list, I suppose for me, it's Richard Pryor. Because his his movies were the first some of the first movies I owned. Um... I just, I don't, I don't know how you can be such a star of the universe and still be in so much pain like he was. 
I don't think that's Drew Carey's story, but Drew Carey is a funny, funny man. So is Eddie Griffin. So is Eddie Izzard. Adam Sandler makes me laugh, but not as much as Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald is smart. Jack Black is smart. These people are, are some of the great gifts to humanity that exist. And Garrett Morris, even. Do you know how hard it is to be the first to do something when it comes to racial context? Bo Burnham. <laughs> Tig Nataro. Nataro. Uh, I, I mean, <clears throat> Owen Benjamin. Yeah, you're a little nutty, but fuck, man, I love you, dude. I, I would totally, uh, I would totally share claws with you. Um, but Ricky Gervais, I think you might be the, the single most intelligent comedic mind on the planet. But Brian Regan, you're the greatest stand-up comedy artist right now working, I think. Christopher Guest, I own all your movies because I think you have the mockumentary down to an art. Um, Waiting for Guffman might be my favorite comedy. Uh, <laughs> Trey Parker, Matt Stone. Let me just say that I love that you're from Colorado. You guys kill it. And Rob Reiner, uh, Spinal Tap. I, I mean, these are, these are cornerstones of my life. These are things I go back to to feel good. I can watch Spinal Tap right now and it'll put me in a good mood. I can listen to Dana Carvey do his church lady and it'll it'll crack me up. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving people off this list. I don't even know if I mentioned Bill Burr, who has one of the greatest stand-up specials of all time about being Howdy Doody in Harlem. Dice Man, Sam Kennison, Emo Phillips. Listen... I don't necessarily think you're the great comedic artists of our time, but you took risks and became something that stands out in the field of comedy. And I certainly appreciate that. And in today's world, laughing is critical. You can't go through a day without at least finding some reason to laugh at some of the absurdity of it all. Joe Rogan helps people do that every day. And my family helps me do that every day. I try to help the people at the meat counter who need a little bit of a giggle, get a giggle out of a moment if I can. Passing on comedy is a good thing. Making people laugh is a good thing. Poking fun at yourself is a good thing. Having a genuine chuckle at the comedic events of life is a good thing. Ridiculing other people, laughing at other people's follies, laughing at other people's foibles, those are not good things. Mocking other people, those aren't good things. We learn that on the playground. Third graders know it's not good to tease each other. Those aren't good laughs. Nacho cheese. So for all of you who kept me in stitches throughout the years when I was literally crying, when I wasn't listening to you, I salute all of you. I love you the most. And if there's anything in life I regret, not getting up on open mic night at some comedy club 
to see if I could actually pull it off. Well, that actually might be number one on the list.